Hello, welcome back to the Funds Fanatic podcast. My name's Gavin Lumsden. I'm editor of Investment Trust uh, Insider at CityWire. And with me is my colleague, Daniel Groats, editor of CityWire Funds Insider. Each week, we chew the cud on what's going on, uh, the big things going on in the world of collective investments and what uh, uh, we think uh, investors like you might need to know about. Dan, uh, good to uh, hear from you again. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Hargreaves Lansdowne and its very influential uh, Wealth 50 uh, buy list. Um, Hargreaves Lansdowne, as everybody probably knows, is the country's uh, biggest uh, stockbroker and funds supermarket. Uh, and its Wealth 50 buy list uh, is very influential in terms of uh, influencing uh, the funds that investors buy. And if funds get on that uh, buy list, then they tend to attract a lot more money than they would have done otherwise. Uh, there's a story in the Sunday Times, wasn't there, last weekend, going back a bit now, but uh, uh, it's it stuck with us all week, really, isn't it? Reminding us that uh, the changes are afoot at the Wealth 50. Um, what, what did it say, Dan? Yeah, well, um, Hargreaves had sort of said at the beginning of the year that it was going to overhaul its, its Wealth 50 buy list, uh, really in, in the wake of uh, the criticism that it, it had attracted uh, following the, um, the scandal uh, of the of the Neil, Neil Woodford uh, funds, uh, which which were on that list uh, and dropped when the fund was suspended, um, and yeah, the Sunday Times over the weekend um, giving the um, the new name of the of the shortlist. Um, it's going to be called be called the the wealth shortlist, um, and a, a bit of detail. Um, so no number on, on it this time. No, well, I mean, the problem with the number had been that it it, it never was the number it said. I mean, they had the the wealth one fifty. And that, 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 that World 150, how many were World World 50? There's about yeah. 80, 70, 60, yeah. Certainly dropped below 100. And with the, I mean, when they launched the World 50, it had more than 50 funds on it. That's now come down to, uh, to, to 54. Uh, but it's probably a wise move not to have a number on it, given that they're having to chop and change all the time. You know, Hargreaves has always made, you know, these, these buy lists are, are, are useful things. Uh, Hargreaves isn't the only one that, that does it. It's just the, the, the most prominent and then the biggest and probably the most influential, like I said. There are thousands of funds out there. So the fact that someone goes to the effort to uh, come up with a short list of, of ones that people can consider as a bit of a shortcut you know, is, a, is a really useful uh, thing to do. But there's always been suspicion around uh, the, such buy lists. And in Hargreaves' case, as you said, the fact that uh, they kept Woodford Equity Income uh, on that buy list, even as the fund was, you know, its performance was getting worse and worse. And um, yeah, was it on the buy list all the way up to the end or did they take it off just in time? No, they, they took it off after it was suspended, on the day that it was suspended, essentially. Um, the fund got suspended, um, it was in the afternoon and, and Hargreaves announced that they'd they'd taken it off the list in the evening. So they, they really were kind of forced into doing that by, by events. Right. And it's good for people to stick by their, 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 their convictions and, and uh, you know, with funds, as, as, in, as our listeners will know, it's, it's difficult to know when sometimes when to uh, call time on an underperforming fund. You know, uh, if you're investing in an actively managed fund, you don't expect the fund manager to deliver consistent returns year in year out you're looking for long-term performance and you know that can come with uh, a few duff years but obviously Woodford went horribly wrong and uh, Hargreaves didn't shift the, 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 just you know let's talk about what the issues were around uh, uh, the wealth 50 because um, it, it, Hargreaves were always having to bat off accusations that they were you know 
that their list was uh, reflecting commercial considerations. And it did seem that most of the funds on there just were, were ones where they'd arranged a discount, uh, that, where the annual management charge was cheaper uh, if you bought it through, through Hargreaves. Well, I guess their argument has always been that they pick funds for their buy list based on, um, you know, based on their judgment as, as to which funds are going to do well. Uh, but allied with that are these discounts that, that it does secure. Um, and, you know, that, that is part of the process. You know, they, they will talk about that being their job, really, as a, you know, call them a discount broker. It's securing to the discounts for their investors. Um, so they will knock off um, a percentage from the fund's uh, ongoing charges figure, um, which will then mean that Hargreaves Landfound customers can, can get, get the fund a little bit cheaper. And, you know, it isn't able to secure these discounts across all the you know, hundreds and, and, and thousands of funds that it has on, it, on its platform. Uh, uh, these discounts are kind of most notable in the funds that, that feature in its buy list. Yes, um, I, guess, I, I guess, you know, Hargreaves has got a point in saying, you know, they're not putting any old fund on the buy list that agrees to do a discount for its charges. You know, they're just doing deals with funds that they think are really good. And so therefore they're saying, you know, they're giving uh, investors a, a even better deal. Um, but going forward, do we expect the, this to be have you know fewer sort of discount type deals uh, in evidence? Is that are they going to make it less of a connection between uh, you know the deals they've struck with groups and and fund managers? Well, you can look at it in, in uh, both sides, can't you? Uh, on on the one hand, as as you said, uh, they're not just putting anything they can get a discount on into the into the well fifty, <clears throat> but equally every fund in the well fifty has a discount on so. You know, if if a, if a fund is very good and isn't prepared to offer that discount to, to Hargreaves, you know, to date they haven't they haven't put it on the World Fifty. And you know, the the most obvious example of that is is Fundsmith, Fundsmith Equity. Um, that's been uh, an extremely good performer. It's an extremely popular fund. It's the UK's biggest fund. Uh, but fund manager Terry Smith has been vocal in his opposition to offering Hargreaves Lansdowne a discount and. You know, Hargreaves have always said that uh, you know it's a performance decision that they've made. I mean, the argument that they always used to make was that um, you know Terry Smith's fund, which was launched in 2010, hadn't built a long enough track record, um, and, and specifically hadn't been through a stock market crash um, that would allow them to make a judgment call about you know his management style and whether that's um, the, the strong performance that he delivers, whether that's going to be long lasting. Yeah, that argument I mean, was still in the middle of the coronavirus crisis and uh, stock markets have fallen and then rebounded and uh, we don't know what's going to happen um, in, in the coming months. But certainly so far um, in the coronavirus crash, Fundsmith has, has, has done relatively well. So that argument maybe carries a little bit less weight. So do you think uh, Hargreaves may have had to eat some humble pie and, and, and go to Terry Smith and say... Oh, go on then. You can you can join our list. You proved yourself. You've done quite well, Terry. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the other thing about it is that they now do have a very big Linzel train shaped hole in in their bias. So that was, you know, what they used to be able to point to when they would attract criticism about not having uh, not having Funsmith in their list 
was that, well, they had lintel triangular equity, which had done as well. Um, now they don't um, because that fund and, and lintel train UK equity were cut out of the list last year because of their growing stakes in Hargreaves, Lansdowne's uh, own shares. So that is, that is, some, it, it, you know, that is something they need to address. Um, they, they don't have That's a right, global superstar anymore. Nick, Nick Train and, uh, at his firm, or Nick Train himself really, uh, the fund manager, uh, owns about 13% of Hargreaves, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and, and he went up to that. He's been buying more and more because he, he went up to the 13% level uh, this right. uh, month. Now, both sides say there's absolutely no connection between, you know, whether uh, Linsel Train funds are in the Hargreaves Best Buy list and the fact that uh, Linsel Train is a uh, is, is biggest or leading shareholder in the company. But uh, Hargreaves, in the wake of the, the Woodford uh, scandal, were um, wanting to make sure that they were squeaky clean. There was no uh, room for confusion. Is that right? So they took 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 those funds off uh, uh, off Linsel Train. Uh, it took the two Linsel train funds off the, off the platform. Um, and do you remember that had a massive uh, impact on an investment trust, confusingly called Linsel train as well. Uh, Linsel train investment trust, not Linsel train limited, which is the name of uh, Nick trains uh, private, private fund management business. But um, I don't know if you know about uh, Linsel train investment trust, but it's actually one of the best performing uh, equity investment trusts in the UK. Uh, extraordinary track record because it's got um, you know the benefit of uh, Nick Train stock picking and the investment style that's done so well that uh, you can see in his open-ended funds and, uh, and indeed in the Finsbury Growth Investment Trust he also runs but it, uh, unlike these other funds it also had a big stake in his private company and there's been lots of speculation uh, about the value of that company and essentially the value has been going up and up and up because uh, his business been doing so well and the funds have been uh, getting bigger and bigger and attracting more money but when Hargreaves it was over, over a year ago now wasn't it but uh, when Hargreaves took the uh, open-ended funds Linsel Train funds off the platform it had an immediate impact on uh, the Linsel Train Investment Trust share price didn't it yeah well I guess the fear was absolutely slumped yeah and, and when Hargreaves did uh, take the Linsel Train funds off its buy list it was um, you know very explicit in the it wasn't a performance issue. It wasn't taking them off because they're failing to deliver, um, you know, the objectives that, 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 that they'd sort of envisaged uh, for that fund. It, it was simply to do with the fact that the fund manager owned a lot of Hargreaves Lansdowne's shares. And I guess the fear um, that's reflect, that was reflected in, in, in the response of uh, the Lindsay Train Investment Trust share price was that that would nevertheless spark outflows from you know, the, the, the two main funds, Linsel Train Global Equity and Linsel Train UK Equity. Uh, I mean, there have been outflows um, in the second half of last year, but not, not huge ones and not ones that were seen in the immediate aftermath of, of, of Hargreaves' decision. Uh, and the, I mean, the, the UK Equity Fund has, um, it was downgraded by Morningstar over the sort of concentration of its stakes. The, you know, the Global Equity Fund, it, I mean, it was up substantially last year, but slightly lagged um, the global stock market. So, you know, it's not it's not really clear what's what's been driven those outflows, and it's certainly not clear that you know Hargreaves' decision has has driven those those outflows. But I mean, you mentioned the Lindsay Train uh, Investment Trust, and obviously that's the other sort of uh, big gap in in the World Fifty, isn't it? That it, it it just it doesn't have any investment trusts. And, uh, well, too and, and right. Yeah. 
no, it's it's an absolute glaring error. It'd be it would be uh, amazing if they could. I think an acid test actually of any shakeup that or reform that they're planning would be that they did include uh, uh, some investment trusts uh, in the lineup. I mean, not something like Linzel Train, which is a very strange investment trust, but uh, demand for its shares can push it up to push them up to extraordinary premiums above the actual uh, underlying asset value. Um, and which is one reason why when they took the Lindsay train funds off the platform uh, at the time, the shares were very, very highly rated. Uh, there, was, there was a bubble in them, basically. And uh, you know, the, the, any hint that uh, the Lindsay train business might not be worth as much going forward, knocked those shares and they tumbled so quickly because they were on such a high premium. They were worth double their net asset value at one point. So, you know, the Hargreaves move burst the bubble there, but he, you know, and it's had a bad uh, 12 months since um, the long-term performance of those shares. It's very good, as I said, but over 12 months, uh, it's in negative territory, but uh, it's back again now at a 20% premium. So it's a racy, racy uh, trust and probably, you know, a bit too volatile and a bit small actually for uh, the best buy list because Hargreaves have always said they don't, you know, they like investment trusts. They've got, you know, the important part of their business and everything. They, they, uh, people can buy investment trusts through their platform, obviously. But uh, investment trust shares can be illiquid or difficult to trade. And, you know, if they're going to be putting it on a mass market platform like, like theirs or encouraging people to buy it, they want to make sure that it's, you know, it's, it's possible for uh, big numbers of people to get in and out of the stock. And, you know, that liquidity argument is, is, is quite valid. But there are one or two investment trusts, big ones, uh, whose performance is good, who would, you know, probably merit inclusion. Um, you know, probably no prizes for guessing that uh, I might mention, you know, Scottish Mortgage Trust is now, you know, it's the uh, equity investment trust with a good track record, very identifiable sort of, uh, style um, run by Bailey Gifford. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's listed in the FTSE 100. It's like got as, at market value of uh, eight or nine billion pounds. And there's a lot of liquidity, a lot of uh, dealing going on those shares every day. So you think it's got the capacity to, to survive. And then uh, on the best buy list, and uh, yeah, I'd also chuck in their private equity giant 3i, you know, one of the most uh, liquid uh, shares in the market, I think. So I think, um, you know, it would be good to, it would be really good to see if they've considered putting those in there, just because, uh, you know, if, if you're interested in private equity, then 3i is something, something you've got to consider. And, uh, you know, Scottish mortgage, it's not for everyone, of course. But, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, got a good track record and uh, is now a very big, substantial fund. So we'll, we'll see, won't we? Well, I guess um, he, he, the, the, their point uh, that, you know, if they were tipping sort of tiny investment trust that, um, you know, it, it, I guess it's not just a liquidity thing, but also a market dist distortion thing that if, you know, if they stick it in the list and it will zoom to a premium. And I guess, you know, we, we do see that with, you know, if a trust gets tipped in the Telegraph's Quester column, there's an immediate response uh, the, the next day. So you'd imagine you'd see, sort of see something similar um, with, with them if they're on Hargreaves' list. Uh, but yeah, the one you know, in, in terms of the ones you mentioned, I mean, you know, they can hardly say that Scottish Mortgage is, is, is too small to stick on their list. It's, it's bigger than Hargreaves' lands down the company. Scottish Mortgage is pushing on a 10 billion <laughs> market cap. Hargreaves is on seven. So. Yeah, that, that 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 size that size argument certainly doesn't work. Not anymore. Not anymore. So um, as it, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't spotted that. So is that just because Bidley Hargreaves shares have been uh, have been having a difficult time as a financial stock? Is that is that? Do you think? Yeah, or I mean, I, mortgage I, shares have been uh, benefiting from uh, the rise in Amazon and then Tesla and such like. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll confess, I, I didn't know that off the top of my head. I just looked at it while we were talking. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, it's a good way to bring us into, uh, you know, talking about sort of, you know, how, how markets have been and, and, you know, what investors are doing, because, uh, you know, it's been a rotten year, still has been a bad year for investors, but uh, markets have rebounded very strongly since their, their lows in, uh, uh, in mid-March, haven't they? Yeah, well, and, and we've, been... we've seen, yeah, we've seen evidence this week of, of the extent to which uh, fund investors uh, have responded to that because we had uh, huge inflows into into UK funds um, in April. Um, this is based on figures provided by Caverstone, which is uh, a fund settlement service. So it kind of sees a lot of the trades coming through um, into and out of UK funds. Um, doesn't see the entire market so it, it, it is an estimate uh, but it is a pretty good gauge nonetheless of um, this rebound in confidence um, as markets enjoyed you know one of their best months in in years I mean the S&P 500 had its best month since January 1987 last month uh, global stock markets uh, rallied by the most they had since 2011 uh, and uh, you know fund buyers have, have, have responded and those huge outflows uh, that we saw in March and particularly it was particularly in the in, in from bond funds but also um, from active equity funds passive equity funds actually um, held up pretty well in April we did see a big recovery um, and almost a complete reversal of those outflows uh, in, in active equity funds so Fundsmith had its um, biggest inflow uh, in its entire history that's now sort of nearly a decade. Um, uh, Linzel train funds were in demand and particularly technology funds were in demand given the, the performance of, of the likes of, of, of Amazon. Do you think Dan that is that pe people who had panicked and pulled out when, uh, when markets were falling so alarmingly and, and, and then are going back in or is it new investors coming in with new money you know reallocating uh, re reorganizing their, their, their asset allocation. Well, I guess that's the frustrating thing about these figures, isn't it? Is that you see the figures, but you don't know the sort of emotions and the decisions that have driven them. Um, I mean, I, I think probably what you can say with um, active equity funds is that they do reflect that fear and then optimism much more than passive funds. Uh, I think with, with passive funds, you have the impact of long-term sort of savings plans and you know, people who've just set up a direct debit to put a certain amount in every month. And obviously, you know, they, they exist for active funds as well. But the active market does seem to be more susceptible to uh, the sort of big swings in uh, sentiment that we see in the stock market. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that it's, you know, this is, it is genuine, whether it's optimism uh, and thinking that the coronavirus issue has passed or, you know, if it's just, fear of missing out that you know if you see stock markets racing higher and higher um you know especially if you've especially if you sold out as stock markets were falling um you know that that you, you might just be right i've got to get i've got to get back in now yeah and and then markets had got so cheap i mean the the, the challenge we're facing with coronavirus and the and the the, the business uh, interruptions and the, the recession that's looming really quite alarming but um you know it, it will pass and uh you know markets are always forward looking etc so um things had got very very cheap and and the rally i haven't you know personally i, I think i'm going to be having another look at my uh, you know pension uh, uh, 
company pension that is with Hargreaves, by the way, um, for purposes of disclosure. I might be doing that this weekend because, in fact, the you know the 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 the, the hit from the crash was uh, really um, was really nasty. Uh, you know, try not to um, I try not to uh, certainly try not to panic. Try not to um, do knee jerk reactions. But actually, with the uh, the rebound, it does give you a chance to kind of maybe um, you know not sell at the bottom, but maybe you know look at things and think about what you're holding and really are the, you know are these things well positioned now? Because I might have mentioned last time I moved into uh, UK uh, sort of trusts after the election, and that's been um, you know a lot of those as we discussed last time have got really badly hit. Now they're recovering, so uh, I'm wondering whether it's the time to uh, reduce some of the stakes in them and put the money elsewhere, maybe overseas again. I'm not sure. What do you reckon? Well, I guess the uh, you know the issue with markets at the moment is um, they obviously they, they they fell a lot, and in the sense that they were lower than they were before, they were cheap. But in the sense of you know if you're talking about cheapness in you know like in price earnings ratios. The problem we've got at the moment is we don't know what the E is. We don't know what the earnings are because so many companies uh, are, are refusing to give um, guidance uh, as they normally would as, as to what their earnings might be in the coming months because there's just so much yeah. uncertainty. They've got they no know. idea. Yeah, they're yeah. not being deceptive. They just don't know what's going on. Well, they don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for. And, you know, that's obviously uh, having a huge impact on uh, on huge um proportions of the stock market and their ability to to do the business that, that they would normally do so they, they just can't say what their prospects are likely likely to be so in terms of pricing of shares um you know if it's a multiple of earnings well if you don't know what the earnings are then are they cheap are they are they expensive we, yeah we don't really know actually on that note investment trust uh, share prices sort of have a uh, something to say about that in a way so the average discount on investment trusts um fell to around nearly 20 percent uh, towards the end of march when markets were at their lows so that's you know really quite uh, a extreme discount uh, you know in other words the shares trading 20 percent but on average across the board uh, below their uh, underlying net asset value and that those discounts that's a very broad average across all sorts of sectors and different types of trusts but that is now narrowed to around eight percent so that's still quite wide actually but eight percent indicates there's still caution out there but it shows there's been a, a, a quite a re-rating as well i mean i guess one thing that investors might look to um in the sort of situation that we're in is you know what are the you know the big well-respected investors doing uh, and in the UK, you know, Terry Smith, the, he's the biggest fund manager in this country, and he's just gone out and bought Nike and Starbucks. So yeah, but it takes been, but it takes two to make a market. He's buying, isn't he? But Warren well, Buffett, Warren Buffett it, isn't. Well, yeah, that's you know that that that's the point, isn't it? That in um, you know the the most famous investor in the world yeah. isn't buying stuff at the moment. Um, he's selling stuff. You know, he's, he's selling his airlines because. Um, because of the obvious difficulties that, that that industry faces. And unlike in the financial crisis in 2008, when he um, was, was an active buyer, um, he's, he's not really spending money. Um, and I guess one of the reasons for that is because we've had this huge stimulus um, you know, from governments and central banks, but primarily from, uh, from the Federal Reserve in, in the US, is that that's, you know, that's propping up companies. Um, companies aren't getting to the sort of distress levels that he uh, leapt upon uh, in the financial crisis. So he, he doesn't think things are cheap enough. Yes, well, 
it, that's it's, it's a very interesting stance, isn't it? And uh, yeah, and you know, we should really take a, a cue from what what uh, well what they're both doing. But on the not being convinced by the rally, I mean, there are the likes of I'm just looking at the investment trust uh, sort of share prices and uh, for uh, the, the, the today's weekly trust watch column, and uh, you know, there's a fund called uh, Ruffer Investment Company, a very defensive uh, capital preservation uh, investment trust. And um, it and others and its, you know, other peers like it, like uh, Capital Gearing uh, Trust have been uh, done very well. You know, they've, they've um, this year, they've actually, uh, you know, avoided the um, the big falls and, uh, and, and have, you know, done the job in preserving uh, shareholders' money. Uh, and their, their thesis, which they you know, broadly sort of share is that there's massive uh, stimulus from uh, central banks like the Bank of England and all the money printing and the quantitative easing. And, and now with the coronavirus, the enormous uh, uh, support that the government is giving, you know, with um, millions of people's uh, salaries, wages being paid uh, temporarily by the government, you know, we're spending as much on that at the moment on the furlough scheme as, as the NHS, for example. So the, these investors are, you know, not saying that that shouldn't be done necessarily, but just saying that it is showing how the monetary experimentation that we saw after the financial crisis in 2008, with all the money printing, we've just, we're just going, we're doing more and more and more of that. And it's going to f eventually, uh, they believe, lead it to higher inflation because, you know, the authorities realise that's the only way uh, to reduce what, uh, what are increasingly enormous debts is to have some inflation. Of course, that's not showing up in the figures. <laughs> and uh, there are plenty of people who say, no, that they're, they're wrong. But, um, you know, it is worth uh, considering just what extraordinary uh, territory we've entered into with, uh, with central banks. Well, I guess just intuitively, it's, it's quite hard to deal with this issue of um, higher inflation at the moment, isn't it? Because it's, it just doesn't feel like um, a, 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 an inflationary environment. It, it feels quite the opposite because of, um, because of the lockdown and because the the, uh, the grinding to a halt of, of global economies. Uh, but nevertheless, that you know that is something that, that could well be uh, further down the line. Yeah, it could be. Um, in the meantime, I, I, I'm looking at this uh, uh, the, the, the cheap buy list of uh, for investment trusts, and I'm not saying it's uh, time to, to to buy them. Uh, at all, but it is striking at the moment that the things that are looking uh, cheap are, are property trusts. There's a, a and uh, and Asia trusts, and now Asia is interesting, uh, don't you think? Because uh, you know the people saying that uh, I think we touched on it last time as well. Oh God, we're in danger of repeating ourselves. But the, the uh, uh, you know, Asia was first into the crisis, and maybe it's, it's first to come out. But uh, you can see uh, investment trusts like Schroeder Asia Asia Pacific trading on wider discounts than normal. So, you know, uh, this could be a, a good time to, to, be, to look, be looking at them if you're interested in that, uh, that, 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 that region. Um, and the property, I feel, you know, property, the news and property is so bad at the moment with uh, lots of tenants not able to pay their rents and with uh, investment trusts either reducing or uh, suspending their dividends. Um, but, you know, at some point, these shares, which are now trading on quite big discounts, uh, will present a buying opportunity, I'm sure. It's just uh, knowing when to time it. I'm, I'm, I'm not calling it. I'm just saying they're beginning to look really cheap. Well, and if you want to buy property, then that's, 
that's the only way to do it, isn't it? Because you can't buy you can't buy an open-ended property fund at the moment. Um, uh, uh, buying buy property through funds Good. is. Yes, that's right. Because you you can't even buy uh, the property funds. Not even not just a question of their dividends being suspended. You can't put money into them or take money out. Whereas the investment trusts, um, the shares might be battered, but they're still always available to to buy and sell. So. Um, that's always a good point to, to, to remember in these uh, difficult times. Well, Dan, that feels like we've kind of got, you've gone around the houses and uh, covered everything. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And we're literally ending with, with property. So we've certainly gone around the houses. <laughs> boom, boom. Very good.